You are listening to episode 95 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. If you need to embrace a little bit more self-confidence, self-worth, and really start believing in yourself and your power, this episode is for you. I am joined by Leah Party, and Leah teaches women how to ditch self-doubt and overcome overthinking so that they believe in themselves and their big dreams. After spending years in corporate sales, Leah developed a passion for combining mindset work with mindfulness practices to create a life both free and fearless. Her mission is to help thousands of women do the same through her coaching, courses, and Candid Confidence podcast. Loved this conversation with Leah so much. We are so aligned and right after we recorded this episode, I jumped over onto Leah's podcast and I was a guest on there. Let me tell you guys, it is so different being a guest versus a host. (laughs) I'm still working on being the whole guest thing, but hey, if you want to go check out that episode, it has already aired. I know you're going to want more Leah and Lauren in your life after this. So head over to the Candid Confidence podcast and be sure to subscribe. Remember, if anything resonates with you today, share it with me. I love when y'all take screenshots and tag me in it. But most importantly, I love connecting with you. This episode is sponsored by the Spiritual Seeker Affirmation Deck. This is an affirmation-style oracle deck with messages that inspire healing, guidance, love, and self-compassion. This is the last week that you can pre-order your cards, and when you pre-order those and you live in the United States, you get free shipping. But if you live abroad, send me an email at hello at laurensmithbiz.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram and let me know that you want a deck. I have a special way for you guys to order while we're still in that pre-order phase. The pre-order special of free shipping ends on February 29th. So on March 1st, we'll still be in the pre-order phase per se, but you'll lose the bonus of free shipping. Bummer. So you got to hurry up and get it. take advantage of this right now. Many people have asked me when they'll be able to get their hands on these cards. And I just want to say it should be the first week of April, but we're going to hope for a little bit sooner. You can score the cards by going to laurensmithbiz.com and click on the Spiritual Seeker. As always, I will link all this information and this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Okay, are you ready to meet Leah and dive into this conversation? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today I am joined by confidence coach, blogger, and the face of the brand Candid Confidence, Leah Party. Leah, welcome to the show. I'm so happy we're able to connect. Hi, Lauren. I'm so excited for tonight. This is amazing. Thanks so much. We're going to have fun. So what our audience doesn't know is we're doing a podcast swap. So right after we record this one, I'm going to head over to Leah's. But, you know, I was looking at your website and there was something on it that just stood out to me and girl, it resonated with me so hard. And it said, I began my post-college career, just like most people do, broke, insecure, and having no clue what I wanted to do. Because hello, that's a whole mood for so many people. So guide us through what this phase in life 
of leaving college and really stepping into your power as a coach. What did that journey look like for you and, and how has it looked thus far? Yeah. So in college, in my younger years, high school, all of that, I dealt with a lot of insecurities. I think a lot of it was kind of the standard things that most women go through and most, most young people go through. So leaving college, I got my first job was an assistant manager. I was managing um, about 30 people at a time in a hospital setting and housekeeping. So it was a difficult task. It was all of a sudden having people reporting to me that were twice my age. And, you know, I didn't feel worthy of that title at all. Mm. And everyone was kind of like, who is this young 22 year old girl? And why is she telling us what to do? <laughs> so immediately I was kind of thrown to the wolves. Um, and I really didn't have a lot of confidence. And through that type of role, definitely you grow just putting yourself in awkward situations. I, I learned that pretty quickly that that was helping me. Mm. But after that position, I somehow landed in sales. And so sales was kind of my background for the past four or so years. And sales was very much in every single day being way out of the comfort zone, walking into businesses and asking the owner to have a meeting with you. And I was just, it was really, really hard for me. And I had a mentor very early on that taught me, you know, every time you find a way to step out of your comfort zone, you grow as a person. Mm. So like, look for those opportunities, be happy about those opportunities. And that's what's going to help you become confident. And so over the years working in sales, I eventually got into sales management and I was then teaching people how to sell and dealing with the same thing. Everyone was insecure. Everyone had a lot of doubt. Everyone was petrified of making phone calls all day long and getting hung up on. So I then had to teach everything that I had learned to these people. And what I realized was that in sales, and in a lot of other things in life, confidence really is the reason it works or doesn't. Mm. You know, they can, people can see whether you believe in yourself or not, and they can smell it and they can feel it in your energy. So I was teaching people how to become confident and how to show that, you know, in their energy field. And it was really, really interesting to me to kind of have a mindset aspect to teaching sales. So instead of just teaching what the company wanted us to teach, I was really diving into the whole mindset world and personal development and sharing what I was learning. And then it got to a point where I really felt like I was breaking through. I, I kind of had what I would refer to as a spiritual awakening. I learned about, like I stumbled into the book, The Secret, right? Mm, so I'm like, yes. law of attraction at this time, manifestation. I learned about all of that. I started really diving in. I started meditating and journaling. And from there, I was like, okay, I've kind of cracked some type of code here. I've figured <laughs> out people need to know about this because I had never heard people talk about any of this. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure you're probably thinking, yep, I I'm know. I'm shaking exactly my head. Yep. Yep. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, how can I teach more people, specifically women? how to learn about these things, how to implement this into their lives and their careers. And so I started a blog and grew into a podcast and coaching and my now business. So it really grew for me taking what I was learning about, just kind of getting smacked in the face in the corporate world over and over to learn, okay, this doesn't have to be so stressful. There's a better way. And then how can I spread this? Because I want everyone to learn about these things. And it's amazing you know, the people that reach out and say, wow, I, I finally like learned how to meditate because of you, or I listened to your podcast and I started, you know, this mindset hack. And 
it's incredible. So that's kind of how I got to where I am right now. Well, I love it. And I love that, you know, I, I like to kind of poke fun at myself sometimes for just being so unaware to that this whole life of, you know, the spirituality bubble even existed, like the law yeah. of attraction. And I was like, why, why isn't that taught to us in school? Right. Like, this seems way better than having to learn 12 different history classes <laughs> and, and things I don't retain, but this I can use in my everyday life all day, every day. Yes. Mm, I love it. And when we're talking about confidence, let's talk about the opposite of confidence, which is self-doubt because that can be I don't know, a, a troubling and persuasive voice that really holds you back from chasing your dreams and taking that leap or just moving forward. So did you experience any self-doubt within your journey when it, when you took the shift to become an entrepreneur? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because at that time I had come to think of myself as very confident. I started a, right. a business called Candid Confidence. You're so like, I'm felt, owning it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I can help people with this. I've helped lots of people with this. So let's go. But then the, the interesting thing is as it's like new levels, new devils, right? As mm. you try new things, of course, your brain says, don't do that. Let's stay where we've been. Let's stay where we're comfortable. So every time I would try something new, and even now, you know, when something's new, um, I do hear that voice. And that voice, it, it, but the, the crazy thing is it doesn't say like, hey, you're not good enough directly, mm. at least not anymore. Um, I, of course, it's a little bit different after you spent so much time and energy on kind of working through it and recognizing it. But now I hear it more like, and even just, you know, when I started my business, oh, you want to start a podcast? why don't you wait a few months? Like mm. it'll be better if you do it a little bit later or like it would be random excuses. Yeah. So it didn't direct, sometimes it doesn't even directly, you don't really know it's self-doubt. It's, it's just, it's the comfort zone, but it's disguised as a very logical excuse to wait. And that's what I think makes it so difficult is because we, we can consciously know that we have to tame the self-doubt. We can consciously work on being, having more belief in ourselves, but we have to be very aware of when, when we want to do something and our gut reaction says, yes, let's do it. And then the second voice comes in and says, Ooh, maybe not because of this very logical reason. We have to learn to question that too. Mm. So how can we kind of ease that self-doubt and shift our mindset to be able to overcome it? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things for me, and I'm sure you're a proponent of this, but journaling has been mm. absolutely huge for me. I think that a lot of times we have all the overthinking, right? The swirling, swirling thoughts in our, in our mind and the thoughts seem very logical and it's kind of things that really make a lot of sense in our head. Cause we don't really like, we never are taught, you know, in school, it's like, Hey, let's teach about parallelograms, not how to use your, your human brain. Right. But, What's a parallelogram so, again? No, you know, I'm just like, like, yeah, I know. exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but we don't need to learn about taxes or, you know, or anything yeah. else. So, but yeah. So, so when you write things down in a journal and you're writing things down by hand and like letting it flow out of your brain, and then you look at it on paper, it's sometimes even just that little bit can be like, oh, that's not really real. That's not really true. Just because mm. it was in my mind, 
doesn't mean it was real. So sometimes even just writing down those negative thoughts can help us to realize that the things that come into our mind are simply a thought. It's not real, there's no validity to it. We have to really question it if it's making us feel a certain way. So journaling has been absolutely key for me with this. I, I recommend free writing, just like writing you know, a page or so in the morning, just getting everything out of your head onto paper. And then from there, there's all, you know, there's all different types of journaling things you can do, but um, just questioning the things that come out. You know, is this true? How can I know this is true? Just because I'm thinking it about myself or about my journey or about what I want to do next. And then how does that relate to my intuition? The things that I deeply desire inside of me, you know, how is this thing that's telling me not to do that? How do those things relate and which one is more important for me to truly listen to? Mm, yeah. I love that you just brought up intuition because following our intuition, yeah, it's sometimes really hard to know if you're going, if, if you're not in tune with your intuition, it is hard to know if you are going with your intuition or your ego in something. Mm. So how do you think that someone can kind of sharpen that the inner intuition power that they have. Yeah. I think what's interesting about intuition, and this is another thing that I did not even know anything about how to even use or how important it was until, you know, maybe two years ago or something like that. But I, for me, it's very much like that feeling in my gut. And it's like the first thing you think of, like, I, I always tell people like, whatever the first thought that comes up is, is probably your intuition. It's almost always going to be followed up by a second thought that says, let's not do that. Mm. And that's the ego, the fear, the, if you do that, you won't be as safe, right? If you do that, you're going to be uncomfortable. What if it goes wrong? The ego is trying to protect you from that initial, you know, intuitive thought that might be something out of your comfort zone. And so a great way to practice strengthening the intuitive muscle and really, you know, just getting used to following it is just doing it in little ways. So having just the conscious effort to pick the first thing when you're like ordering food at a restaurant, pick the first thing that you want to order. Mm. And when you're getting dressed in the morning, what's the first thing you want to wear? So then you're just like getting used to almost living more in flow where you're just doing the thing that feels right next instead of waiting for that voice to come over it and say, you know, Hey, don't do that. What if someone doesn't like that outfit? What if, you know, whatever comes across. So just practicing following that first little voice that tells us to do something, even if it's a little teeny tiny thing, you know, maybe you're driving home from work and you have a thought come across like, okay, maybe I should, you know, you have a feeling of maybe I should take a different Um, turn here and just take the back way home, follow it, see what happens, you know, and just practice like leaning into that and just going with that flow versus letting yourself almost overthink your initial thoughts all the time. Oh, I love those tips. And it's so easy. And I, the word flow, mm, I love that word right now. I think that's, that's like my word of the year, maybe because so many times we can force things and you even touched on something very, very small of just picking out your outfit for the day. But how many times, I know we were all guilty of it, you, you're like, oh, I want to wear this, but, and then you tell yourself something different, you go with option right. number two, and then you're uncomfortable all day, and you're like, ugh, should have gone with that first choice. So mm-hmm. even as something as small as that, and I love that you're focusing on the, the smaller things, that's the best way to sharpen it. Beautiful. 
absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah, that's really wild that you said that flow is your word of the year because that's literally my word of the year. Stop it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Swear. We are so aligned right now. I love it. And I, you, I didn't even claim that as my word of the year until right now in this moment. But I was recently asked, like, what's my favorite word? And I was like, you know, I want to go with grateful, but I'm feeling flow right now. So yeah. um, I need to own flow because oh there's so much force in just everyday mm -hmm. life. And, and I realized and then pretty good, I think, at flowing. But then I realized, I'm like, no, I'm still forcing a lot. So when you just surrender mm -hmm. and then surrender again and allow the flow, oh, life is just so much easier. Yeah, surrender. That is a good word for me right now as well. Yeah, I think they go together. I don't <laughs> they think you do. can flow without yeah. surrender. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Okay, well, let's talk passion because okay. I think finding our true passion, oh, that's it's difficult, um, especially oh, so if you're not in alignment. So if somebody's listening right now and, and they're thinking, well, I don't know what my passion is. How do they find that? What advice would you give them? Yeah. I mean, this is something a lot of people struggle with throughout their lives. A lot of people don't even find it till, you know, way later in life after they've had several careers that, that have occurred. So I think this can definitely be something that a lot of people can register with, but I think it's really interesting to take a look at the things that you wanted to things that you wanted to be or explore or have as a hobby as a child and maybe things that you wanted to do but for some reason didn't explore or things that you wanted to be maybe in a career but decided to go in a different direction because of what society expects and what pressure kind of does to us. So I think it's really important to take a look at that and maybe make a list of things that you I mean, for me, there's a lot of different things I wanted to be as a child, but oddly, a lot of them kind of end up collaborating and, and becoming similar to what I do. So I would make a list of all of those things, all of the like hobbies that have kind of gone unexplored, all of the desires that we've had that we kind of gave up for life itself and, you know, peer pressure and expectations of society. So maybe making a list of all of those things and then really just taking the time to be with yourself and explore that and maybe journal it out. And I think that so many people in our society, that is a lot for them to take yes. time by themselves to even just sit alone with their thoughts without their cell phone, without a TV on, without a podcast on, without anyone else in the room. It's almost a lot to ask, although it's very simple and it's free. It's not something we're used to doing. People are not used to being alone with their thoughts. Right. So I think just starting off, taking that time by yourself and seeing what comes up and maybe journaling on, you know, right at the top of the page, what am I passionate about? And then just free write and see what comes out. I really truly believe that a lot of the time these passions and these deep, deep desires that we have for either a, a passion project or a whole career are already inside of us. And once it, once we can pull them out, it's like, oh my gosh, duh, like of course that was there before. It's always been there. It's almost like we just have this shell on us from society that we just kind of have to peel back. So I would definitely recommend to anyone who wants to explore this and is not used to taking that time alone to really set aside some time by themselves to just be in a state of, you know, what do I truly want when no one else is involved as if there were no boundaries, expectations, or, you know, limitations. 
And yeah. I'd be curious to see what comes up for people. Oh, that is such a good exercise to, to, and to really put everyone else aside and give yourself the permission to yes. just lean into it and see what comes out. You know, it, nothing, you, you decide your fate from there, but yeah, it can be really powerful to do so. And when you were talking, I, this thought came across my mind, but do you think passion and purpose are closely related? I do. I do think so. I think that we all have a deep purpose and a lot of that can come through our passions and the things that we're passionate about in life maybe should be our purpose. And I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of us um, spend so much time thinking about, well, if I chose that path, what would people think? Or, you know, what's expected of me? Or will I make money? Or, you know, everyone else is already doing that. Can I, is there really room for me? Is it realistic? Right? So I think that I think that they're both very related and and at least they can be, but I don't think enough people allow it to be, you know, I don't allow their passion to be their, you know, their purpose and, and their career and their entire life's work. It's because we just, we don't really feel like it's possible for us. We don't have enough of that self-belief. Right. Is, is it okay to move, to be passionate about something in one phase of life, lose your passion and then move into something else? Absolutely. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. I know, cause you know, like some people are like, you were passionate about that. And now you're not, maybe you're a fraud, maybe you're an imposter. So how do you kind of com- hmm. combat those? You know, if, if a passion shifts a little, or if you're like me and you're a generator and you just like to do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a generator. So I can kind of relate on some, yeah. of, some of you. Um, it's funny. My mom used to always say things to me like, Oh, remember when you used to like this and it would, it would trigger me. And I'd be like, yeah, mom, I changed my mind. I think there's a huge, huge paradigm where it it goes back to the expectations of society and what do people think and what will the neighbors think essentially. But like, I think we're allowed to change our minds. Mm. I think we're totally allowed to evolve. And I think it's good to evolve as a person. And if that means your passions are changing, as long as you're following what's in your heart intuitively and not what other people expect from you, I think it's completely fine. I think that we're meant to evolve and to shift. And I'd almost be more concerned with people who have the same passion their entire life. And it's not, you know, it's maybe what their parents did for a living and they followed in the footsteps, but it's not truly what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely challenge people to, you know, if people, if people would have the, the thought of coming at someone else for changing their passions, that person might be the one who is triggered in the situation because why is that bothering you? Is there something deep inside of you that needs explored or else why would that bother you about someone else? Mm. One of my mentors told me that you can always judge a person's um, how passionate they are about something. I don't want to say judge, but you can always scale or rate how passionate a person is about something based on the enthusiasm in their voice and just like their energy because you carry yourself different when you are truly passionate about something when you truly have passion in your soul it comes out you 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 can't deny that exactly yeah it totally does yeah (laughs) yes you had mentioned your mom so let's let's dig a little when you when you were like all right, I'm going to be a coach and teach confidence. Does your family be like, what, what? Or were they like, yeah, girl, get it. 
I would say a little bit of both. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, um, I definitely have a lot more support than I know a lot of other people have had in similar situations of going into a business venture and, and essentially starting a company. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I came from a family where both of my parents run small businesses. So they encourage creative business ventures and things like that. Um, but I will say, particularly in the beginning, it was a lot of, oh, wow, that sounds wonderful. That'd be great if it works out. Oh, yeah. And, it's like that backhanded compliment almost. <laughs> right. And, you, you know, they're trying to protect you, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying, their own ego is saying, hey, keep this person safe. Let's not let them get hurt. Let's not let this not work out and then get upset. I believe that's a genuine thing that they're coming from, you know, is, is heart centered, but um, it's a difficult thing for people who are starting businesses like this, because especially when you're talking about spirituality and things that a lot of people have never heard of and it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that can definitely make people really question. And I'm sure that I had friends and family who like what on earth is going on here but um that's all where it's it takes a lot of doing so much inner work to just create that belief and then keep it going even when those comments come in from people um just keep it going and and remind yourself that if this is in your heart what you feel like doing and what feels right that's all that matters Mm. it's so easy to let that outside chatter kind of come in and just affect us in so many ways Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Oh gosh. And, and silent. It's, it, you know, it's like one of those, like not only do you have to silence your own, your own inner critic, sometimes you have to silence someone else's own inner critic and just put your wall up and say, I can't be bothered right now with your opinion. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a really good um, comment because it's almost, it's like setting a boundary, right? At some point, if it's messing with your energy enough, maybe there is a boundary that needs to be set where it's like, Hey, I'm just not going to talk to these people about this. If these Mm -hmm. people are not on my same vibe about spirituality or they think it's weird or they don't like the idea of my business, maybe I don't need to talk to them about it because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck too, is they keep talking about it with people, which you want to be able to do that. But if people are going to give you doubt and you are struggling with holding up against it, maybe it's time to set a boundary. Sometimes I forget that the whole world is not woke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. I'll just right. be like talking like the most random things like numerology and I'm like whoa you have no idea what I'm talking about right now yes. and they're, and they're just, you can just see like their mind like their brain working all the gears turning and you're just like oh okay <laughs> like right we, all right let, let's take some baby steps here but yeah it's so easy to when you're in this mindset in this, here we go back to flow. It is so easy to just forget that not everyone's on your level yet. And I love that you're really helping guide people through this. Yeah. And one thing about that too, I think it's really important to remember that if someone's triggered by you, or if someone has a really strong opinion about what you're doing and wants to tell you all about how it's wrong or whatever the situation is, it's kind of like, maybe just feel a little bit sorry for them that they haven't expanded their mindset yet mm. and let it go. Yes. Cause, cause essentially when they are projecting that on you, they are just mirroring what they don't feel good about internally. 
Exactly. Yeah. hundred yeah. uh, percent. And that, and that's hard until you've recognized that yourself. And then that, and that's totally a self thing where people have to own it themselves. You have to know that for yourself and see and acknowledge when you're doing it as well to be able to acknowledge when someone's doing it to you. That's such a good point. It really comes back to having, starting to build your own self-awareness and being able to catch yourself. And then, yeah, you, you recognize it because you've learned it about yourself. That's, right. that's really important. You're like, I see you, boo. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I I've been you. there. I totally get it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you are full of such great advice. I love it. I know our audience is going to want to connect with you further and just need more Leah in their life. So where can they go to learn more about you? Yeah. So I'm typically hanging out over on the gram. I'm at candid.confidence. I'm on my podcast twice a week. It's called Candid Confidence. And you'll never guess the name of my website. It's candidconfidence.com. <laughs> well, just in case they forget, I'll link it all in this week's episode notes for them. <laughs> but Leah, I just love the space that you have created and the mission you're on. I think it's so beautiful and so empowering. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your light. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lauren. And have fun with your year of flow. You as well. We're flowing, girl. We are. I just want to follow up and say I do know what a parallelogram is in case you didn't get my sarcasm on that point. Yes, I know what a parallelogram is. I have linked Leah's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. I'll be back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. I hope you will join me and tune in and turn up there. But of course, next week, I'll be back for another awesome conversation. Until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.